listening to Phenomenology Club Radio. Hello and thank you for listening to this audio podcast. I am Buttress, the host of Phenomenology Club, which is an interactive online community of artists and thinkers centered around this content that I create and curate online for us to talk about which is why both our tagline for Phenomenology Club and the subtitle for this discussion series is Talk About It. Most of these uploads are originally streamed live on our YouTube page. If you're interested in interacting with those as they happen live, please go subscribe and turn on the notifications at youtube.com slash phenomenologyclub. And in general, to learn more about our club, what we do, and how you can become a member for only $1 a month, please visit our website at www.phenomenology.club. Thank you for listening. Stay trippy. Fuck it, I'm back. Fuck it. It's still Sunday. I don't give a fuck. I'm back. This is what I'm saying. I have a one-track mind, and if I get into something, I want to just keep doing it over and over and over. Thank you, OCD and Adderall in tandem. What's up? We live. We live. See, I got, I got, I got more excited doing that violence, that violence conversation. It was not so uh, inflammatory, but then I hopped into Phenomenology Club, and we got, we started getting a little inflammatory, so let's get inflammatory, and let's talk about revenge, let's talk about something much more controversial, and philosophically treacherous, it's a profanation, so that's two episodes in one day, I feel like this partially uh, offers some retribution to get into the spirit of revenge. This is me trying to redeem myself, offer some redemption for not uploading for three weeks. I usually upload at least once a week. So look, we got two uploads in one night <laughs> after not uploading for three weeks. Let's talk about revenge. Who's in here? Somebody say something because, because this is going to be treacherous. I I like to try to make notes, but I'm not making notes for this one. I'm just going to wing it. I got a lot to say about revenge. This is such a fun topic, and I think that it follows nicely from our violence discussion. Somebody say something if you're in here, please. I need to make sure that the chat is working. So Here, I'm going to tell the type something in the chat, bitch. Let's go. So, revenge. Revenge is such a fun, philosophically treacherous concept. I put an image of Christopher Dorner in the thumbnail for this upload because Christopher Dorner, I think, is a perfect example of somebody whose reality, the reality of their situation was so philosophically treacherous and controversial for myself especially, um... Because, you know, I got into some discussions, uh, some arguments when the Christopher Dorner thing was going on. Some people thought that I was sociopathic and heartless for basically saying that, you know, uh, fuck it. He ended up killing that uh, police officer's daughter and her fiance. And 
I mean, I feel terrible for the fact that that person is dead, even though they have committed no wrong. But at the same time, I just have such a boner for revenge and for ancient justice, which is much more brutal and irredeemable and unjustifiable that I was like, man, fuck it. If, if you don't want harm to befall your family and your keep. Oh, there's people. Hold on. Let me refresh. Oh. Hold on, one second, one second, one second. Let's get that revenge, boy. Refreshing. So refreshing. Ah, there we go. There you are. If you don't want harm to befall your keep and your livestock and your sons and your daughters and all your descendants, then you better watch what you fucking do, right? Um... So anyway, let's talk about revenge. What do you guys think about revenge? Is revenge a thing that we should desire? Uh, the reason that I'm so excited and amped up right now is because following the violence discussion that just went down, I don't know, an hour ago on this channel, I hopped into Phenomenology Club and I saw Mind Ranger, who's with us all the way from Hungary, by the way. Sorry to air you out, air out your geographic location, but subtle brag, we got members in Hungary. Uh, Mind Ranger was speaking with somebody else about, hey, what's up? About, um, shit, I lost my track. About, <laughs> about, uh, redemption and retribution and revenge. And we were talking about, um, we started to talk about government and this idea of government as punisher. Um, what do you guys think about, uh, this idea of government as enacting punishment for wrongdoing? Because this is something that I think is very, very interesting. And actually, recently, I've been listening a lot to that podcast, uh, Philosophize This. I've mentioned it before. I forget the guy's name, Stephen West or something. Really enjoy that podcast. Definitely go listen to it. Uh, if you like that kind of stuff, that philosophy stuff. And I was listening to his podcast about uh, Foucault. And he was he has a few on Foucault. But he was speaking firstly about this book that Foucault wrote, Discipline and Punish, which we had to read a bit of in high school. Shout out Breslin. Breslin, you remember reading Discipline and Punish by Foucault? Because I do. Um, and, you know, when, when I read it, I had no idea who Foucault was. I thought that this was just some sort of, like, historical account of the history of the state enacting punishment and acting as punisher of uh civilians um but anyway uh what was i saying yeah th this idea that government uh essentially punishes its citizens um for what purpose i mean what what do you guys think the role of government is as it exists today like when somebody commits a wrongdoing and we uh and the government punishes them whether through prison or a fine or whatever what do you think the purpose of such a thing is i think that we have fallen into a mode where we assume that this is what the government is doing, enacting punishment on the people who commit wrongdoings, right? If you steal from your neighbor, or if you do this or that to that person, then it is only right that the government 
punishes you. And this is how we mentally approach a lot of these processes, you know, where the government will throw you in jail for committing a theft or a violent assault on somebody. The idea is that we must punish you because who the fuck do you think you are, right? Is this what what we're doing? Is this is this uh what government is doing punishing people or is it doing something else are you still in here these chats are just so treacherous um the reason i brought up the foucault thing though is because i think it's really interesting to think about what the government is actually doing here when the government throws you into prison for doing x or y thing breaking x or y law um because we the public I think have come to see this as a process of punishment and even redemption in some regards this idea that if you have to pay a price for your wrongdoing that um you know you will then come to feel shame or remorse and be dissuaded from doing it again but uh as Foucault talks about in Discipline and Punish, the reality is, is that the government is basically just asserting its authority and its ultimate dominance, its control over the situation, you know. It's basically asserting itself as this thing that is not to be doubted. Mind Ranger says, excessive law makes people lazy to enact their own justice. Oh, getting ahead of yourself, Mind Ranger. I'm about to go there. So, what me and Mind Ranger were talking about in the chat was that, um, government, government enacts this thing that resembles punishment on its citizens, right, for committing a wrongdoing, um, but, but I don't think that that really should be the role of government, right? Like, does government, should government have the right to punish its citizens? What do you guys think? If somebody does something, uh, you know, offends their neighbor, violates their neighbor, should government punish them? Uh, and, and for what purpose, you know? What do we think? Let's get some people talking. Roland says, the only person who can teach you the real weight of your actions is yourself after the fact, no matter what the objective consequences are. I agree with that. And this is why I think that it is not the role of government to punish. If any of you are in the Phenomenology Club Discord or saw my thoughts on government video, I'm somebody who very much believes ultimately in social contract theory. This idea that government should always be a thing that you enter into willingly as essentially an independent contractor. You should enter government with the idea that you are joining some sort of club like phenomenology club and in that sense it should also be the role of government to ensure that you always have the option to leave to opt out at any time like any other contract you know if i enter into i i think that it is first of all there are no intrinsic human rights human rights are only 
invented essentially and established by a government you know in nature quote unquote because you know if you heard our what is natural episode we already know that everything is natural and we all exist in nature already whatever the fuck get over it but basically in nature you know we have no rights there's no such thing as a quality there's no such thing as human rights so when it comes to government i would say that first of all if there is any right The only right that should be considered fundamental in any comprehensive and truly philosophically coherent theory of government, I would say, is the only right you have is the right to not be governed. So in that sense, I think that the only truly ethical government would have as its most fundamental right the option to opt out at any time, you know. And in that sense, this hypothetical utopia that's called New Jersey, by the way, (laughs) This hypothetical government, this perfect, pure government, New Jersey with a Z, uh, would have to ensure that there's always a lawless territory. And if such a thing existed, you know, I think that then when it comes to questions of things like imprisonment, unlike, you know, retribution, if you did a thing like committed a murder, we would just cast you away, you know. We would not punish you. Because what is the purpose of punishment? Like Roland just said, the idea that you could reform an individual, get an individual to feel shame or sorry for what they did, you know, that I think is way outside the realm of anybody's control. How could the government ever ensure that you feel remorseful for a thing that you did, you know? Of course, that would be nice. That would be validating for whoever was the victim of your offense, But such a thing, I think, is totally impossible. It's outside the realm of possibility for government, you know. And this is why I'm also, like, not really enticed by ideas of reformation, period. Which I find myself at odds with a lot of other people that I tend to align with politically. A lot of people seem, like, very hung up on these ideas of, like, reformation for people. And it's like, do I really want to live under a government where the government, one of the roles of government is to reform individuals? What if I find myself at odds with what the government thinks is a good person and a person that is behaving good or according to whatever principles of ethics that it's determined for itself, you know? I don't want to live in a government that that decides what a good person is and if you're not being a good person then I'm gonna make you a good person by joining this fucking chain gang and breaking rocks on the side of the highway for five years because you stole a loaf of bread like fuck that if I find myself at odds with the general public then I think that I should just be cast away I shouldn't be here you know but then we were talking about well what about revenge you know because revenge clearly in talking about Chris Dorner and how even myself I was kind of hype on Chris Dorner revenge is something that I find to be desirable but why I'm sitting here thinking about why what is it about revenge that I find so palatable and I am so desiring of how do you guys feel about revenge do you desire revenge do you get satisfaction from tales of revenge why 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 is it like that huh what do we think 
Let me read the chat. Will Johnston says, I think we have to evolve into a non-punishment rehabilitation style law and order. And there are obviously dumb, arbitrary laws that hurt more people with the punishment than actually does any good. But for the time being, certain instances need to preserve public safety by holding people like murderers and rapists. See, I disagree. Uh, personally, I don't what what is reformation you know why should we desire reformation i think that in our current set of instance <laughs> our current set of conditions rather where you can't just choose to leave the united states if you wanted to if you find yourself at odds with what the united states thinks is like a good individual and really this is true for most countries you know i'm born a citizen i'm not born and then given the option to be a citizen which i think i should have but i'm just born one and i can't really do anything about it and if i break a law like i go to jail you know but but I don't think that that's ethical. I think I should have the option to leave, you know. I don't think that the state should ever consider itself, consider that its job is to reform me if I act in a way that is not in accordance with how they think I should behave, right? Don't you think that that's overly authoritarian? Why would we want the government to be some source of rehabilitation for people? Who says what is right or what is good, you know? I think that what's more rational and philosophically coherent is that if somebody is at if their behavior their general behavior is at odds with what the public desires or the safety of the public then really they should just leave they are outside of the realm of our control they don't want to be a part of our contractual government they can get the fuck out of here Chris Marquez says, yes, revenge is fun. It's satisfying, primal satisfaction, I think. That's interesting. Do you guys think that revenge is primal? Because in thinking about it, I was thinking, why the fuck do I love revenge so much? You know, philosophically, it's really not that justifiable. If somebody kills my friend, you know, what good is it for me to go kill them? You know, I can't really think of a philosophical justification. The only justification that really exists in my head is that it's satisfying, you know. Um, and in thinking about that, I then think again about Foucault and this discipline and punish text and this idea that when the government punishes, quote unquote, an individual what they are doing is not really trying to, you know, enact some sort of redemption or reform or rehabilitate this individual. They are essentially asserting their own dominance, you know. They are signaling to the general public, look, we are in control, we are in total control, we have total power, and you should never feel like we don't, you know. And in some sense, it's authoritarian, but it's also reassuring to the general public, because I know that if my neighbor tries to kill me, if I, uh, then my neighbor will be arrested, and you know, if we're talking about like the 18th century, they're going to be set out and drawn and quartered or lit on fire or hung from the gallows or whatever. And that makes me feel good. It makes me feel secure in my circumstances. Like, okay, I don't have to worry too much. I don't have to sleep with one eye open because I know that the government will handle any sort of situation if my neighbor tries to come into my room like a thief in the night and fuck me up, you know. But I think that while this, I think, is outside of 
what I think the role of government should be. I think that this is actually why revenge is so personally satisfying, maybe even in a way that can be described as primal. Because if I enact revenge on the person that wronged me, even by killing my friend or whatever, if I get revenge, I am then asserting my dominance on them. And I think that from an evolutionary standpoint, this seems pretty reasonable, you know? If somebody hates me, let's, like, not even go to murder yet. Or let's pretend we're like a we're like a tribe of orangutans, even, to remove it from the human element and try to think about what could be considered primal or something. If an orangutan, <laughs> the, the main orangutan dude, you know, he's uh, got all the bitches. He's got mad orangutan kids. He's, like, running this orangutan tribe. Some other orangutan comes up to him and tries to, you know, uh, start a fight or something. He is basically challenging this guy's authority, the alpha orangutan. So, what happens then? The alpha orangutan must retaliate to show that they are the alpha. They are the ones who are dominant, you know. And then their authority will not be challenged as an individual, you know. So I, I think, I think, I can't confirm or deny, but I think that thinking about it this way makes sense, right? This is why revenge is probably so personal a personally ephemerally satisfying right what do you guys think about that hmm hmm that's my best idea for why it's just like emotionally satisfying in a way that is so hard to even articulate you know this idea of retribution it's like it doesn't even make any sense but then i also have to wonder to what extent has socialization also influenced my feelings on this matter, you know? Because it's undeniable that the very idea of revenge in and of itself has uh, manifested as a very poetic, sort of grandiose narrative in human history, you know? Stories of revenge are ancient, uh, and ever since we are young children's chillings, I think that stories of revenge excite and titillate the senses, right? So I have to concede on a certain level, even though I do think that revenge is likely satisfying in a way that might be physiological even, I have to also concede that my socialization to desire revenge and see it as a thing to be venerated might also be greatly influencing my feelings here. I mean, it has to. It has to. So, so what is more true? What is most true? And how do we navigate this treacherous philosophical territory? I'm going to look at the chat. Bella, I'm late. Well, you're here now. <clears throat> Will Johnston, discuss Gandhi's an eye for an eye leaves the world blind. Genuinely curious. Okay, fuck Gandhi, first of all. <laughs> um, an eye for an eye makes the world blind, though. Is that a useful sentiment? Hmm. Hmm. What do you guys think? An eye for an eye makes the world blind. Because this is the sort of sentiment that we hear repeated often in discussions about revenge, you know. This idea that getting revenge is useless. We hear this a lot also, I think, from victims of uh, f murdered family members and stuff. Uh, you know, where people ultimately, like, come to forgive 
uh, the person that, you know, murdered their family member or something. They cite these sorts of sentiments, this idea that, like, revenge does nothing. What good is it to kill someone for killing you? This is also, like, an often cited idea when we have conversations about, like, capital punishment in America and stuff. This idea, like, well, there's already a life loss, so why lose more lives, you know? Um... I personally think that that doesn't really address the problem when it comes to a thing like capital punishment. I mean, personally, I'm against capital punishment in America only because uh, America or the United States has proven time and time again that they are... Our justice system is incredibly inadequate. For one, it's just super fucking racist. I mean, that's probably the most glaring issue. But then beyond that, I mean, they've done all sorts of things, executed innocent people, uh, imprisoned innocent people for decades, you know, and even let them out later with a little check. Uh, you know, like, oops, sorry about that. But then also looking at things like, you know, the way that our justice system, uh, treats certain evidence, like, you know, DNA was not even a thing until like the 90s. And now it's like, oh my god, where would we be without DNA? And but even even, you know, other things like blood spatter, the science of blood spatter, uh, forensics is actually like so pseudoscientific. I mean, I think that uh, you know, there's definitely some scientifically valid things happening there when it comes to comes to investigating blood spatter patterns and shit. But apparently, a lot of the science there is like super pseudo scientific and shit. So I don't think that our government is necessarily responsible enough to execute somebody for hypothetically murdering someone else. But without that reality. And also, considering that we don't have some lawless territory like we would in the perfect government of New Jersey where we could cast away or exile murderers, with, without that, um, I'm totally for capital punishment, you know? Like, because if you murder somebody, it's not that I think you need to be murdered because, like, oh, that's just right and, you know, an eye for an eye or whatever. It's the fact that you have proven yourself to be too much of a liability to the rest of us. What is the purpose of government if not to promote the well-being and safety of a group of people, you know? And if you have proven yourself to be too much of a liability and you are somebody that has proven to murder other people, then it's not fair, then, that you get to exist among the rest of the group because they then their sense of security and their actual safety is being compromised no matter how remorseful you might be or something you know or however much uh, we might think we can rehabilitate you maybe we totally can maybe you can become absolutely remorseful and genuinely or whatever that's outside of the realm of of I think anything that government could verifiably do or even other people you know if you kill someone that's that's too bad I might even feel sorry for you like damn that sucks you do feel sorry you were caught up in a thing but like you gotta go you gotta go so if if the way you have to go is to be then murdered if that's the only way we have to get rid of you then fuck it that's what we gotta do shit I'm I'm totally cool with capital punishment uh I, hypothetically, but like I said, our government is way too irresponsible. So, no, I'm not okay with that. Um, Chris Marquez. 
Revenge doesn't really give long-term psychological satisfaction. Revenge in the short term is natural retaliation, but I think we conflate it with long-lasting crimes where we want revenge, but there. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. Will Johnston. I guess for me, because I think without revenge, ruling powers will remain in power. But I also believe that humans have a desire to ascend cyclical violence and will forgive in order to achieve that. Well, let's talk about forgiveness. What is forgiveness? I mean, forgiveness, in my opinion, is kind of a useless concept, right? What does it really mean, you know? All it really is is a social signaling, you know? It's a social gesture. Like, if you hit me uh, and, you know, you say you're sorry, I can verbally, outwardly say, I forgive you. But what does that mean except that I choose to move past this, you know? But it, that that's all it means. It's just me telling you, you know what, you did this thing, but, like, we can continue on in whatever way. But I'm not going to forget that you hit me. I didn't really change anything internally about my attitude, attitude towards you, you know? Uh, if I happen to become less angry with you because, you know, you gave a pretty good apology, you explained the circumstances that led up to you hitting me, I become convinced that you really didn't have, like, some super malice or ill intentions towards me, then, yeah, maybe I will accept that apology internally, you know, but, but the act of saying I forgive you, what, that doesn't really that's nothing except some social gesture, you know? It's not really reflective of anything. Am I wrong? Um, Chris says, So maybe revenge is only good in circumstances like fighting back someone who's trying to fight you. But in the scenario of avengement and revenge for big transgressions, then it doesn't help. Well, okay. Let's think about this, because what could revenge ever help, you know? We seem to be in agreement, unless anybody disagrees with me, but we talked about it a moment ago. The What is so satisfying about revenge, right, is almost, it seems primal, you know? It is an assertion of your own dominance over your surroundings, it doesn't really have much of a philosophical justification in and of itself, right? Because it doesn't really achieve anything. Except if we are going to think of revenge uh, more as a thing that is... Uh, that resembles retribution. Like if... Like we were saying, if you murder somebody then maybe it could be understood that the government or the public or whoever gets revenge on you by murdering you to basically remove you as a liability uh, so you no longer exist as a threat to the safety of the group, you know? But these are two different things, right? Because revenge in that second instance where we're talking about removing people like murderers and violent offenders as a liability, then that does serve a purpose, right? But is that revenge? There's clearly a difference between these two examples that I just gave, you know. 
revenge in many circumstances obviously does achieve something, you know, because, because what, what would be, hmm, to think about like murder, for example, you know, um, and to talk about this capital punishment thing, a lot of people will say like, well, what is, what is the good in an eye for an eye here, you know, to go back to that Gandhi quote, what is the good in murdering this person? Let's just let them persist in prison. Really, you're not, you're not saying let's not get revenge on this person. Let's not do an eye for an eye. It's, it's not really an eye for an eye, but it's an eye for something else. Because if you commit a murder, even the people who are against capital punishment will still believe that, you know, maybe you should be like locked up. So isn't that still enacting revenge, you know? So what is really the difference between revenge and between taking action in response to someone else's action when they've revealed themselves to be a threat, either to you personally or to everybody, you know? I think that maybe to try to delineate the philosophical treachery happening here, we should think of something less violent. Let's think of something... Um, somebody calls your mom ugly okay you're mad you're really mad why the fuck did you just call my mom ugly fuck you <laughs> what should i do i desire to call their mom ugly now right should i do that why or why not what do we think and would calling their mom ugly in return for them calling my mom ugly what would that afford me? Would that afford me anything? Let's think about it. nobody no one has an answer because it's such a <laughs> it's such a hard question right if someone calls my mom ugly do I then have the right to call their mom ugly should I call their mom ugly in return hmm this has me wondering because you know this example is so much different than the murder example um because really it seems like no matter what happens here the consequences are not going to severely impact anybody. Who would be the victim of me calling their mom ugly in return? Obviously the person who first called my mom ugly, but also I would be insulting their mother. See, that's where I start to feel like, hmm, maybe the right thing to do is not to insult their mother, you know, but only in consideration of the fact that they did that. Let's say that they called me ugly. Okay, this is better. <laughs> They call me ugly. Should I call them ugly in return? Gandhi might say no, because an eye for an eye makes the world blind, you know. But I would say I don't think it really matters. And I think that if I want to call them ugly in return, then I probably should, right? Because why else should I withhold such speech? 
when I desire to make it, you know? Is there any rational explanation for why I should not call them ugly in return? Hmm? I need to, I want to, I don't need to, but maybe I want to assert my social dominance here. How dare you? How dare you step to me and call me ugly? Bitch, you're ugly. Why not? Why not? But I think ultimately it has to do with what your goals are, right? If I'm running for president of Phenomenology Club, which I already am, bitch, and I always will be, so try to take my, my authority here. You can't. If I'm running for president of Phenomenology Club, uh, and somebody calls me ugly, then considering that I'm running for president of Phenomenology Club, I might actually be like, no, you know what? The right thing to do is not to call them ugly because even though it signals my dominance, um, other members, voting members, potential votes might be lost when they see me act this way. You know, it seems sort of petty because even though I am signaling my dominance, I'm also signaling that I care that somebody called me ugly, but it seems like maybe a good leader, a benevolent and wise leader, would not be taken with such petty behaviors, you know. But aside from that, if I have no higher, loftier goal here, I see no issue with calling them ugly in return. So I would say that I disagree very much with Gandhi's eye for an eye bullshit. What do you guys think? Delilah, no, call them ugly. That's right, I will. They're ugly. I will do that, Breslin. I definitely will. Um, I think that displays a defensiveness and insecurity on your part, then, says Sarah Andrews. I, I think I could agree with that, depending on the circumstance, you know? Like I said, I think that there might be a reason to not return in kind with some sort of, uh, you know, insult. But only because of, because what it might say about you, you know. But do you think that there's any philosophical justification for why you should withhold cruelty from somebody who has just enacted it towards you? This example is really stupid and petty, you know, someone calling you ugly. But, you know, it could be something more serious. They did this or that thing to you, you know. Is there any philosophical justification ever for withholding that behavior? Um, I think that maybe, I, I don't think that there really is, you know, I don't think that there's anything implicitly wrong with returning action in kind, because aren't we all always trying to ensure above all else, our own well-being and sense of security within ourselves? I mean, we are ultimately our own greatest advocates right no one else is advocating for me sure my friends are kind of <laughs> sometimes and whoever else but ultimately I'm my own advocate so if people are out here verbally abusing quote-unquote me left and right then I think that if anything it seems most rational for me to advocate for myself and return in kind and assert that I'm the alpha motherfucking orangutan you know and I think that this is why revenge is so viscerally satisfying even though this concept has definitely been convoluted by how revenge is so you know such a grand narrative in media and stories and all this uh, I, I see no reason to withhold cruelty from anybody who enacts it on myself.
Breslin says, I think poetry, which you mentioned earlier, is not in the spirit of revenge. What do you mean by that? That's really interesting. Please expand on that idea. Um, Mind Ranger, you have to retribute the intention, not the words, to restore your dignity. What do you mean by that? And what is dignity? What is my dignity? Is that my, is that the social understanding of my social standing? That's what dignity is, right? What is dignity? Hmm. Oh, let's ask the dictionary. We haven't asked the dictionary nothing this whole time. That's crazy. Let's ask Miriam what dignity is. Are you ready? Dignity. 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 Definition number one. The formal reserve or seriousness of manner, appearance, or language. Ooh. <laughs> number two. The quality or state of being worthy, honored, or esteemed. I think this definition aligns with what we've been saying. If we're thinking about revenge, uh... As a thing that could be physiologically motivated. This idea that if somebody signals to everybody outwardly that, you know, you are weak. I am challenging your dominance or maybe not even dominance, but general strength. If you do not respond in kind or at least in a way that, you know, puts them in their place, then you're... Your state of being worthy, honored, or esteemed is definitely compromised. But I guess the next question would be, does it matter? Because, you know, you could easily start to wonder about this. To go back to our orangutan example, somebody challenges the alpha orangutan, right? Let's say that, uh, you know, I mean... We've already talked about how it makes sense that they might respond in kind from an evolutionary standpoint. If somebody, you know, tries to challenge your alpha status or something, you might want to uh, respond similarly to make sure you stay, remain the alpha. But ultimately, does it matter? Hmm. Because in the instance of the orangutans, it would matter, right? Because, you know, what does evolution prioritize? Why would a thing like revenge even arise from our physiology if it does, you know? Uh, It would matter because it would do a thing like ensure the... Or or at least increase the likelihood that you will be able to reproduce with all the uh, (laughs) women orangutans that see this or something, you know? But what about in our society? That, that's very interesting. Does it matter to us, you know? Oh, that's, that's interesting. Because we know, especially um, from David Hume's famous Is Ought Distinction, which I talked a little bit about in the natural episode, just because a thing is natural does not mean we ought to pursue it, right? You know, just like murder. Murder is natural. Or you could call violence natural, maybe, depending on how you feel about how the last episode I just did 
when um but does that mean that we ought to murder others just because murder is natural should we enact revenge on others just because revenge could be understood as natural we think that maybe what makes it satisfying is natural but does that mean we should pursue it hmm Breslin, if revenge is natural, then why are only some animals vengeful? Would you say only some animals are vengeful, Breslin? Because I feel like in most instances, when I think of an animal, if I see another animal come up and, like, bite it or smack it, I feel like they'll respond, you know? They'll be angry. Even the most docile, cute, fuzzy animals, like bunnies, you know? My pet, St my pet bunny, Steven, he's very vengeful. If I upset him, he has... He has struck me. <laughs> For real. Steven punches with his little bunny claws. He's punched me because he didn't like what I did. And he's usually the sweetest little little guy. But even he is vengeful. I feel like most animals are vengeful. Do you really see a lot of animals just like if, if another animal comes up to it and it's like, Brah! that animal is just like, I don't care. I, I would say that most uh, animals respond with something. Uh, so in that sense, they could be called vengeful, right? Because what is vengeance if not just responding in a similar way to a thing that just happened to you, right? This is why it's called retribution or redemption. The idea is that you're equalizing something. Someone negated you, now I must negate you. I will cross you out. Will Johnston, but you just said it was stupid and petty. This is talking about the mom is ugly thing. Why stoop to their level? Retaliate by killing their mom. <laughs> That's true, actually. Should we maybe, if, if the purpose of revenge, and let's say that the utility of revenge, and maybe it's a thing we can get behind, if the purpose and the utility of revenge is to instate your own dominance, then perhaps the right thing to do if we think that re revenge is a thing to be venerated, perhaps the right thing to do is respond in a way that is stronger than it ha than whatever has just been inflicted on you, you know? Like Chris Dorner, to bring it full circle. The police officers, you know, greatly wronged him. What did he do? He went over. Oh, you're going to fuck with me? I'm going to fuck with your family. That's that ancient justice. Don't fuck with me. Unless you want to be supremely fucked with. I'm not just going to fuck you the way you fucked me. I'm going to fuck you up ten times harder. Perhaps that's what we should do. <laughs> damn. Damn. This is so, so treacherous. Okay, so uh, we're coming up on 45 minutes. I'm going to leave with um, a question. Because this is what we were talking about in Phenomenology Club. <laughs> Speaking of Phenomenology Club, I just got a message. It says someone and their fiance just had sex while listening to the live stream. That is bizarre. What is wrong with you? <laughs> That's awesome, though. I'm so glad. That is so weird. I can't wait to hear more about that. Um, wow. Okay, so we're going to leave with a bit of a question. Consider this your philosophy homework, and uh, if you want to come talk about it more, enter the Discord for only $1 by signing up on Patreon. Maybe I'll follow up with the next upload. We'll talk about what people came up with here. But I have a question to, to bring it all back to everything we've been discussing. So it seems like we have, we 
seem to agree that revenge is viscerally satisfying for reasons that seem quite natural and quite logical that and do seem to have some sort of utility, okay? We also seem to agree that the purpose of government is not necessarily to punish, or maybe I'm just speaking for all of us, but I don't care. That's what I'm going to do right now. I don't think that the purpose of government is to punish or to reform, really, I don't think that that is possible, you know. I don't think that the government can do this or that I want to live in a government that sees this as their purpose. I think that that's overly authoritarian, the idea that the government should have the authority to try to reform you. Um, so if this were true, if we're living in this perfect government, New Jersey, let's say the government realizes that its role is not to punish there is a lawless territory that the, 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 the country of New Jersey has established because, like I said, the only fundamental right anybody has is to opt out, you know. You can leave at any time and go not be governed. Uh, and this is also the territory where I think we should just exile our murderers and violent offenders and all the other people who have demonstrated themselves to be a liability and too much of a threat to the security and safety and well-being of the general public. So we cast them out. Um, should the government, though, pay any credence to the idea that the public deserves to enact revenge? Because I can say that I think that the government would be overstepping its authority by enacting revenge on its citizens. But I'm intrigued by the idea that the government might create a window of possibility for its citizens to enact revenge on those who commit wrongdoings like murder or other violent offenses that compromise the safety of the group. Because, you know, when someone commits a murder, obviously, the victim can no longer advocate for themselves. They're gone, you know. But... The victim of this murder is not the only victim. The victim of every murder, unjustifiable murder at least, is all of us, you know. We live in this society with the rest of you. If if you're out here killing people, your victims are those that you have murdered, but it's also me. Because you are compromising my sense of safety and my actual safety by being out here murdering people. How do I know I'm not the next victim? So you have wronged me, you know. I don't think that it's government's job to then take an eye for an eye or whatever. But, but what do we think about the idea that perhaps the government could create or at least turn a blind eye to my decision maybe to enact revenge on somebody like a murderer or a serial killer you know what if in new jersey we cast ted bundy away right but maybe the government creates some sort of window of opportunity or would turn a blind eye to me deciding to enact revenge on Ted Bundy. Hmm? What do we think about this? Because this is very, very interesting to me. Before I leave, I'm just going to give a, a few of my uh, ideas here. What I think. Because I was thinking about this. I'm like, you know what? 
I feel like there could be something I could get behind. But at the same time, if I, if our government allows for things like the public to avenge, you know, the murder of one of our citizens, then wouldn't I also be creating possibility for perhaps people to abuse this? If we're talking about New Jersey, where there's a lawless territory where, you know, we exile people and also where people can just go fuck off if they decide that they hate New Jersey, which you would never, but, you know, it it could happen. Then, you know, maybe there could be, there could end up being weird things like murder tourism or something, you know? I wouldn't want anything like that to happen. What if, what if somebody goes, like, there would have to be a line drawn somewhere, you know, because I'm sure many strange murders will happen where we'll feel like, uh, you know what, like, uh, I don't agree with your ultimate decision to murder this person. At the same time, I kind of see why you did it. But then if we have a window of opportunity for the public to take revenge, then I might feel wrong if, like, that person then gets murdered out in the lawless territory. We're going to have some weird purge behaviors and murder tourism things happening in this territory. I don't know. I would have to really, really think about it. Perhaps there would be um, only certain instances where we might allow for such a thing. I was thinking about Apocalypto. (laughs) Remember in Apocalypto when... um, they break free at, oh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, don't listen if you've never seen Apocalypto, great movie, you should definitely watch it, um, where, where the prisoners break free, uh, at the, the sacrifice scene, you know, and they're just, like, doing spear practice with them running away, I was thinking in New Jersey, we could do something like that, you know, we'll be like, Ted Bundy, you have five minutes to cross from here to there. And during those five minutes, all of the citizens of New Jersey can throw spears at you. And if we hit you, too fucking bad, you know? I was thinking something like that could work, but I don't know. Gotta think about it. How would this thing work logistically? That's your philosophy homework. I want to know if you believe that government... First of all, should government ever, you know, try to enact revenge? I will say no, but let's hear what you think. And if if not, should the government, could the government at least provide for opportunities for its public citizens to enact revenge on these violent wrongdoers? Let me know what you think about that. Um, and with that, it's been 52 minutes. Thank you for tuning back in. Everyone, please give me a like. When I ask for likes, I get more likes. Please give me a thumbs up. Trying to get that YouTube algorithm working in my favor. This is the second episode I did tonight following the one we just did about violence. Uh, thanks for listening. I'll be back ASAP. Like I said, I'm finishing up the mobile-friendly version of the Phenomenology Club website. And I just made some t-shirts. So, uh, yeah, those will be up soon. Um, anyway, Phenomenology Club members, meet me in the Discord. We can keep chatting. If you're not a member, get your ass in there. Uh, you want to stay up tonight and talk about revenge and violence and Chris Dorner and all this stuff? All you have to do is pay $1 via the Patreon link and then get that Discord link and come on in and talk to us about violence and revenge and all that fun fucking stuff. I'll talk to you all later.